0: This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode 43. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now, your host, Kristen Trumpy. Hey, hey, today we're going to go talk about one of my favorite topics, and that's travel. And it's not going to be about the positive psychology research of travel. What I want to do today is to take the concepts of psychological well-being by Carol Riff and just riff on how travel really contributes to our psychological well-being from my experiences. Uh, So we will talk about how it affects not only psychological well-being, but also your values. And now I know that not everyone can travel and maybe as much as they would like, and that I am pretty damn lucky that I can. But I think probably if you're listening to this, chances are that you do get, you know, at least a week or two off every year, hopefully more. And um, a lot of people go on vacation and spend a lot of time in a hotel and you know enjoying the mini bar and and the swimming pool and the beach and all of that and while that's all very nice it's not the kind of travel that I'm talking about what I'm talking about here is where you actually go and go to a place that you have never been to and that doesn't necessarily provide all the comforts that you're used to having from home because people tend to seek comfort above everything else and that's Totally understandable if you work hard the whole year, but adventure and personal growth sometimes includes doing things that we are maybe not used to doing. So even if you can't travel as much as you would like, I would like to encourage you to occasionally ditch the hotel for the Airbnb place, which is maybe a little bit less comfortable, but definitely more interesting or to check out some non-touristy places as well although I don't want to say anything against touristy places because when I think about most tourist sites you know be it I don't know like the the house the you know the big Ben and the houses of parliament in London or um the blue mosque in Istanbul and the the pyramids in Egypt and And all of that stuff, I mean, it's great. So I'm not saying anything against touristy places. I'm just saying you might want to consider doing something else as well. So first we'll talk about the dimensions of well-being. So according to the model by Riff, there is positive relationships, autonomy, environmental mastery, purpose in life, self-acceptance and personal growth. Now, I like to start with positive relationships. And when I'm traveling, I'm very aware of the fact that I might be the first Swiss person or female solo traveler or positive psychologist or whatever else, whatever label people decide to slap on me um, that these people that I bump into have met. So I really try to make an effort to be a good ambassador you know, be it for my country or for a female solo traveler, for whatever it is. And when people question their assumptions of what Swiss people or female travelers are like as a result of hanging out with me, I'm pretty happy. And in terms of relationships, I've had, you know, very different ex- experiences and I, I would assume if you travel year two, so you have like these short term friendships, which are maybe just one night long. And... I just like to say here that the value of a relationship is not necessarily related to its duration. So I have great memories of camping in the desert and sleeping on an Egyptian sailing boat or travel, uh, you know, celebrating the Sabbath in Jerusalem. And these memories are made even more special by the people who were there, and even if I never ever saw them again. But then there are also long-term relationships that you can make when you travel, and that can be with your fellow travelers or with locals. And I love hanging, having good friends all over the world, but it also kind of makes you a little bit more vulnerable Because you can't just watch the news and just brush it off when something horrible happens, like an earthquake or something, thousands of miles away. Because you know someone in that country. Maybe it's just one person, but you you care about that one person. We care more about one single person than about entire nations. And that's just, I guess, how humans are wired in some way or the other. So by having place people in different places i think we do learn to care about the world as a whole a little bit more but that's just my personal opinion so again this is not research findings i'm really trying to make you think about travel in terms of what it can do for your psychological well-being we will probably have an episode on like the research findings coming from travel psychology and all of that hopefully in the future but i'm not quite sure when that will happen but now it's really just about looking at how our values and our psychological well-being are impacted by traveling. Okay, so I was talking about long-term relationships and how hard it is when you you know when something happens and you you worry about whether your friend is okay or not. But I think that's more than made up by the fact when you look at a map and you see these different places where there are people who I. You know, I'd be really happy to see them and they would welcome me with open arms. And I think that's totally worth being a little bit more vulnerable and caring a little bit more. In terms of autonomy, if there is a better way to completely relish your autonomy than traveling by yourself, I don't know it. I love the freedom of deciding where to go and where to stay and what I would like to do. Sometimes I am completely like high on the fact that nobody in the whole world knows where I'm at at that moment But at other times it can also get a little bit tedious to have to make every single decision and also be Alone a lot. So I don't want to pretend like traveling by yourself is fun 100% of the time. It's it's not always sometimes it's difficult, but that's also part of stimulating growth now another Part of Riff's model of psychological well-being is this idea of environmental mastery. And when I go places, I like to feel like I've mastered them. I love the initial excitement of, you know, seeing everything for the first time. But there's something incredibly cool about being able to move around confidently. And I don't know, I guess I seem to radiate those vibes because people in almost every place I go people come up to me and ask for directions and the weird thing is I even know where to send them even though it's not my city and I love that feeling and of course mastering a place could include so much more like mastering the language really getting to know the culture but I love the fact when you kind of have the feeling that you you find your way around a little bit better than most people would so that's that's I'm happy with that kind of mastery although I love Delving deep and studying language too if I can. And I don't know. What I like about this environmental mastery thing is that I know that there are quite a few places in the world where someone could just drop me off and I would be fine. You know, I can make it work. So this feeling of environmental mastery of being in control of what's happening, that I get a strong sense of having that when I'm traveling. However, of course... There is also the parts where you don't have control. However, I found that traveling is a wonderful way of showing you how kind, you know, 99% of people are. Because if people know that you're in trouble and they don't feel like you have inflicted it on yourself or you're just, you know, being an idiot, almost everybody will help you out. And that's something that's really easy to forget when you're going around, you know, going about in your daily life at home, wherever your home is. You know where everything is, you know how everything works. So it's really easy to have this illusion that we don't need anyone. But when you're traveling, things sometimes go wrong. You know, suddenly the bus doesn't exist that you're supposed to take or the hotel, you know, has closed down six months before or Whatever it is and at some point you will need the help of strangers and it's been my experience that you actually get it. So there's this wonderful weird dichotomy between environmental mastery which is the feeling that you have things under control and letting go and still being okay which is basically almost the opposite but that's also wonderful in a way. Now there's also this idea of purpose in life that's also part of this um, psychological model of well-being and I feel that the best way that I can serve people is to dig into places, to learn about certain topics and to get to know people who are different from me and then share these experiences and insights. It's kind of what I'm doing on this podcast. I go off by myself, I kind of read and, and I have a lot of conversations and things and then I, I hope that by sharing that with you that that can be helpful in some way or the other. And traveling for me is therefore an important part because it helps me to to do what I feel I've been put on this planet to do. When it comes to self-acceptance, the parts you like and don't like about yourself can become extremely obvious when you're traveling by yourself. And I've learned that not accepting how I feel and forcing myself to go and do stuff usually was not really all that fulfilling. Now, there are other people who are very different. Um, I know this this whole idea about, you know, leaving your comfort zone, and a lot of people are maybe not inherently curious, or they are inherently curious, but they're a little bit more afraid. And I guess I was like that when I started traveling. You know, 10 years ago, I was uh, was in Egypt, and, and I was pretty, you know, freaked out about the place in the first couple of days, just because it was, you know, I didn't speak the language, it was loud, it was noisy, and I didn't really understood what was happening. And they also told us about, you know, all the different tricks that they used to kind of lure people into places and get money off of them. So I was a little bit freaked out, I guess. And now I'm, I'm not You know, sometimes, of course, I can be scared, but usually I feel I'm fine, you know, wherever I am. And that's because of what I said before, that I learned that no matter where I go, in most places, people really are nice and they will help you out and they don't want to harm you in one way or the other. So I think when it comes to self-acceptance, when I did not accept how I felt, things didn't go well. And that means that sometimes... Even though I may be in an awesome place, if I'm feeling sick, it's better to just be sick and stay in instead of forcing myself to get out. And Or if I feel, I don't know, lonely or something, just accepting that that's the way I feel without trying to suppress it or anything like that. And I think a life without a reasonable degree of self-acceptance is hard. But if you're traveling by yourself... I think probably it's probably becomes some kind of torture if you you have to reach some level of self acceptance to be able to travel by yourself and you know do it well. So I think traveling is a good opportunity to learn to love or at least like yourself. All these things that we talked about, these experiences, positive experiences, but also difficult experiences, relationships, learning about cultures and languages, and having the time to listen to yourself, they all contribute to the final factor of psychological well-being, which is personal growth. Now, I think if you travel in a place that you've never been to, and you don't have anything planned, like as in you're traveling with a group that has a fixed itinerary, chances are that you will grow in some way or the other, especially if you dare to talk to the locals, if you maybe even go and have dinner with them and, and see what happens, chances are that you will grow in some way or the other. Now, I'd like to switch gears a bit and talk about values. And what I like about traveling is that it has really helped me to explore my values through encountering differences because sometimes we don't even know, we think or believe some stuff until someone turns up who just, you know, believes the complete opposite and behaves in exactly the opposite way as we imagine one should behave. And... I like to challenge myself a bit, you know, it's not just the other people are thinking about it. It's not about judging the other country. For me, I ask myself questions such as, well, if I see myself as a spiritual person, why don't I pray five times a day like Muslims do? Or if I think that I care about my family, why don't I spend way more time doing stuff for my family like folks in countries such as India do all the time? And I used to think that I need to have satisfying answers for all of these questions, but I learned that I can just live with a question. I can just, you know, sometimes a solution, you know, it kind of appears and sometimes it remains unresolved and that's totally cool. But I think asking these questions can be quite humbling. Because it's easy to kind of think that we are, you know, we have our values straight and we are good people and, you know, everybody else is wrong. But I think asking ourselves these questions and not necessarily always having answers for them reminds us that we are, you know, we haven't figured out everything, you know, and that's a good thing. So traveling also presents you with ways where values can clash. So it's not everything about, you know happy clappy you know let's be friends all over the world that's not necessarily always the case and sometimes traveling might have bad impact so for example something that I haven't resolved yet for me is that flying is bad for the environment but I do it quite a lot so that's for example something where my values clash my value of wanting to see the world and connect with people all over the places and to experience new things versus my value that I believe I should do what I can to protect this planet. And that's something I haven't resolved yet. Or let's say you're a vegetarian and you don't want to offend your host, but you're in a country where they just put meat in in everything. What do you do then? And another one that I'm not particularly proud of is I really treasure having my peace. And in Switzerland, nobody talks to you. Unless, you know, they want, you know, three bucks or something. And that's, on the one hand, that's sad. And I sometimes wish we were different. But on the other hand, you kind of get used to having your peace and just being with your thoughts and doing your own thing. So when I go to country, people are constantly honking at you or want to sell stuff and touch you. And I I find that it can be a little bit difficult for me to, to kind of, you know, curb my my instinctual reactions, which would just be to really shake them off and be maybe a little bit unfriendly. And I don't want to be unfriendly, but that's the value clashes that I mean. So I don't want to portray travel as this thing that's completely easy. The growth doesn't necessarily come from everything that e- that's easy, although I would argue strongly against saying that growth only comes from pain and struggle. I don't believe that. I mean, I've had experienced a lot of growth from beautiful friendships, and there wasn't always terrible struggle involved. So what I really like about traveling is that it also helps me live my values. It doesn't just question my values. It doesn't just help me explore them, but it actually helps me to live them. Now, I'm not saying that I'm a particularly wise person, but wisdom is something that I hold in very high esteem. And An example of how your travels can really, I guess, make you a little bit more wiser. Yeah, I could say that. Um, That's from something that happened to me when I was staying in Hawaii. That's um, about 11 years ago. I was in Hawaii for two months. And I ended up being in an English teaching class. I initially started out as an English student, but apparently there was no there was no class for me so so I kind of ended up being an English teacher in, in the English teacher class itself so we were I think six students and I don't know why but we just had amazing chemistry I mean we laughed so much and we kind of we 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 just forgot about all the small talk and just went straight to you know Deep issues and things. And we got along great. Until there was an election. It was the presidential election of 2004. It was the race between Bush and Kerry. And this my six classmates were actually three Republicans and three Democrats. And me being the European... I was obviously leaning towards the Democrats. I mean, it was almost comical how cliche it was, how our little class reflected this divide that exists in the U.S. You know, it existed back then and exists even now. And it was so strange. It was just something because, you know, if you are conservative you basically think that all democrats or a lot of you know it's at least portrayed in the media that you know all democrats have no values and they're weak and i don't know what and if you're a democrat you just basically believe that you know they're uh i don't know like bible belt you know Christians who who just somehow stuck in some ancient you know I'm portraying it in a horrible way but that's basically why there's a divide because people have these ideas about the others you know those who are not us and I have to admit sadly that I was not different you know I I used to think that oh my god you know if you vote for bush you're just you know you're sad I I don't know what else to say but then I kind of had this problem right because I found myself in this classroom and I liked the three Christian Republicans because when we met we didn't know who was a Democrat and who was a Republican and who was a Christian and who was an atheist we didn't attach these labels to each other so we just really really liked each other and then what happened was that we had tons of discussion I remember you know my host parents they said to me, oh, you know, you're in the States, so you, you know, you can talk about everything, but don't talk about politics and don't talk about religion. And I ended up talking about nothing else for those six weeks. And it was amazing. And at the end of it, I was always trying to find, you know, what separates the Democrats from the Republicans, the the Christians from the atheists, what separates these folks. And After talking to everyone in this class several times for hours and hours, you know, by the beach, in the classroom, in their houses, in church, everywhere, I just came to the simple conclusion that the only difference was the newspaper they read, the radio they listened to, and whether they went to church on Sunday or not. And that was just really not a big difference. It was not... Big enough for me to continue to antagonize people who, you know, vote for Bush the way I did before. And I don't know if it changed anything in them. I have no idea. But that's one experience that I couldn't have had if I had stayed in my own country. And, or if I had just traveled to the, to Hawaii just to, you know, sit at the beach and, hang out, I don't know, go surfing and do nothing else. I had this experience because I kind of immersed myself in that culture. So what I was saying was that travel helps you live your values. And I think this really helped me to kind of become hopefully a little bit wiser and more open and less ready to just judge someone immediately. Although I sometimes do that, I'm not uh, proud of it. I sometimes do it, but definitely, definitely less after this happened. I also value self-respect and a sense of accomplishment and traveling by myself and knowing that I can deal with unexpected things definitely helps me get a sense of self-respect. And walking around, you know, if you walk around close to a pride of lions or You end up sleeping in a township where the locals, they actually came to stare at me because nobody had ever seen a white person stay overnight in that township. All of them were, as they call themselves in South Africa, colored. And nobody believed that this person who was kind enough to take me in because my hotel or hostel, I don't remember, it had just closed down and somehow they took Internet reservations, but when we got there, it was just close, nothing. So I got taken in in a township in South Africa, which you know used to be one of the most dangerous countries in the world. And I'm not advocating that you're, you know, that you be a moron or that you are that you try to like seek danger or stuff like that. What I'm saying is that when you travel, sometimes these kind of things happen. And they can definitely help you develop a sense of self-respect and a sense of accomplishment. I already talked about relationships, about how, you know, I have some friends that I met in other countries. And we've been friends for, you know, nine years now. And this helps me live my value which is one of my biggest values is this idea of, you know, true friendship. You can make new friends when you're traveling, but you can also deepen existing relationships. And I love to do that because you meet, you know, you get to know people in a very different way if you actually bother to visit them wherever it is that they're from. Traveling also gives me a sense of freedom and daily life is very structured. And through the demands of, you know, our employers, it's it's kind of it gives us a sense that we can break free, and I used to think that my hunger for travel was somehow almost pathological, until someone pointed out that we all come, we all, you know, originate from tribes which used to be nomads. So now I feel that maybe this sense of, you know, this calling that I feel to kind of leave my place is maybe not just me. Maybe it's not just my weird mind. Maybe it's somehow something much more primal. I also value inner harmony and traveling by yourself, as I said, exposes you to yourself so thoroughly that you either learn to like yourself or I think you just have to stop doing it. Another thing that I really value is a world of beauty and, you know, I get a lot of inspiration from beautiful landscapes, touching moments, engaging with people and I love to express this through writing and photography and traveling really lets me do that in a way that of course you can write when you're at home of course you can take pictures when you're home but to kind of you know devote whole days just to find the perfect light and stuff like that that's not something I do when I'm at home I don't know about you and finally my top value actually is what is called mature love and all of these experience I hope so help to develop this capacity for mature love which is my top value so i know this was less research based than usual but i hope that this helped you understand how travel can play an important part in flourishing and it's not going to be you know when you if you haven't traveled yet and you tr- you want to try it out you know it's not going to be the same for you as it is for me maybe you will have some things in common with me maybe not but the important thing is that you can Look at how your psychological needs can be met through travel. How you can explore your values through traveling and live your values through traveling. And that's what I kind of hope to inspire you to do. So before I leave, um, the Positive Psychology Podcast got a review from Digital Copybara from the US. And it blew me away. And I'm going to read the whole review and... If you think that I'm not allowed to read something that makes me look good and the podcast look good, then I wish you a wonderful week and hope to, you know, that you still tune in later. But I would leave if I were you because I'm going to read the whole thing now. All right. So Digital Copybara said, I studied psychology and counseling in the 90s, but the field of positive psychology was infant and out of mainstream research how happy i am to have found it and that this pod and this podcast it's fantastic that this clearly passionate student of happiness and self-improvement puts such effort into researching so many branches of this fabulous and growing field as a father of two kids 9 and 12 years old i have been seeing myself through a different lens over the last decade Like most people in today's rush-rush society, I struggle with the day-to-day, rarely taking the time to slow down and to introspect. Not only has this podcast helped me to become more aware of personal, cultural, social influences in my happiness, but just as importantly, it has helped me to become a better parent and partner. I like to listen to the episodes twice, once for me and then a second time keeping the development of my children and my parenting strategies in mind. I should probably do it three times, once for each child, because they each have their own needs. I only subscribe to three podcasts of the many that I could. This is one, and the only one, that I keep all the episodes. I am certain that you will find gems and nuggets that resonate for you here. Thank you, Kristen. Well, thank you, Digital Copybara. It gives me a great sense of accomplishment to hear that the work, you know, spreading positive psychology me sitting in bed on a Sunday morning, being a real nerd and reading about these things, that it actually pays off. And I'm so happy. That makes you a better father and partner. And actually, you motivated me because I will go, you know, I will actually incidentally travel. In 10 days, I'll leave. So I was thinking, well, shall I take a break from podcasting? Or shall I record a couple of podcasts in advance? And Today, this review it just motivated me to at least try to maybe not for the whole time that I'm gone, but at least for you know one or two episodes when I'm gone that I recorded some podcast episodes in advance. So, thanks a lot, Digital Copybara. I wish you all the best and good luck. Thank you and have a good week. Bye bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us out by sharing it with your network and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love to hear from you at kristen at strengthphoenix.com. For show notes and more, head over to www.strengthsphoenix.com. Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yoghurt.